When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The story with John Morant has gone from bad to worse. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. You can tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him on social at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. So Joe and I talked about John Morant last week when there weren't a ton of people talking about a lot of the alleged incidents that John Morant had been involved in. The Washington Post had done some extensive reporting on John Morant. It's what caught my attention. And you and I talked about several alleged incidents that John Morant was allegedly involved in where there may have or may not have been a gun present during some of those incidents. Well, then over the weekend, we can add another incident to the list where it appeared on his Instagram Live on John Morant's own account, it appeared the Memphis Grizzlies star posted an Instagram Live video in which he displayed what appeared to be a handgun while at a nightclub in Colorado. Right now, the Glendale Police Department in Colorado, it's right outside of Denver. They have confirmed that they are investigating that. He was apparently at a gentleman's club out there. And it is an open carry state in Colorado, but it is illegal in Colorado to possess a firearm while you are drinking, while you are under the influence. So some of this, if you were heavily intoxicated, it could be a problem. Some of this also could end up coming down to where's the gun from? Did he take it on the team plane? That's a huge problem when it comes to the NBA because there's NBA rules against that. Did he take it across state lines? That also could be a huge problem. So there's a lot that goes into this story from a legal perspective, Joe, but also there's the optics of this because you and I sat here on air last week talking about these kind of weird things that had added up since last summer, three separate incidents that were adding up and adding up that were not making John Morant look very good and then he goes and does this over the weekend the optics are terrible well it's clear that something's wrong it's clear that he's acting out you have a child I have two children this isn't to call Morant a child but you know when you're studying basic human psychology look at what we're dealing with here we've known this guy in one way and over the last year, it's just incident after incident. And they seem to be picking up in frequency, don't they? It seems like at every turn, there's a new incident and they're coming faster and faster. I don't know why you're at a gentleman's club filming yourself on Instagram. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of going to the gentleman's club? Not to make light of the situation because that's not what I'm doing here. I just, I'm trying to figure out the mindset for this. I'm going to go to this location. Clearly, there's something that goes on there. And the decision instead is to go on Instagram Live and show everyone a gun, which is just a terrible decision in every regard. Like, what did you think you were trying to accomplish there? I don't know what's happening here. I I mean, there's the rumors that he's trying to build street cred in some way, shape, or form, that because he's made so much money and he's in the NBA and that things are going so well in one direction that he's not... I I, I don't know if he's losing his credibility in another area of life. What I do know is he's got to figure it out. 
where it's going to have a very poor ending for him. And this is a guy with a lot of potential, huge future, massive chance for generational wealth, just a massive chance to bring home generational wealth and really change the trajectory of your of your family, really well, change it for a long, long time. You do not want to blow this opportunity. And reportedly a private, you know, a private school kid from a good home. And I don't know, of course, the particulars of John Morant's past, but it appears that his family is very involved in his life. We certainly know very much of John Morant's father and his involvement because he's there with his son all the time and he's on the forefront. And so John Morant appears to be somebody who has a lot of people around him to help support him. But sometimes those aren't always the right people that are around you. And the problem is, and I understand your sympathy there as a parent but and I've heard all day on our airwaves of course we have a lot of former athletes that work from us and they've certainly have kind of taken a sympathetic tone to John Morant because a lot of them have experienced how difficult it is to be a young professional athlete a young multi-millionaire and be navigating fame simultaneously and that's not something that most of us can ever relate to but also the reality is he's 23 years old he's not 13 years old right and so I am surprised that the decision making is what it has been because yes one incident two incidents but it's like adding up and then it's like he's doubling down and tripling down and I don't know what that means about his life I don't know what that means about his decision-making ability what I do know is that I'm sure it's hard when you are rich young and famous young and one of the best basketball players in the world one of the top one percent of the one percent young. I'm sure that's hard to navigate. I'm sure living under a microscope is hard. It's also hard not to be those things at that same age, right? Like it's also hard not to be rich. It's also hard to not be famous. It's hard. Any, any path you take in life ends up having its semblance of hardships. John Morant's hard is going to be that you are living under a microscope. So when you fire up your Instagram live, there's a lot more scrutiny than there is if you had just become the plumber in your hometown after college like you know uh, joe schmo it would have been a different life and easy with the joe schmo easy with the probably you're you're, you don't like the as a joe you're offended by the joe schmo seems like the name joe is associated with a lot of like uh we the the sharps and the squares the pros versus the joes we always say on daily wager pros versus joes it's like what does that mean (laughs) That doesn't feel like a compliment. It's the everyman. The Joe is the everyman. <laughs> and if you were an everyman, then you probably wouldn't have the same level of scrutiny on what you're doing on your Instagram live. That is, I'm sure, annoying and difficult to navigate when you're young, rich, and famous. At the same time, you got to figure it out because there's pitfalls with everything. And if you weren't those things, and you were the Joe Schmo, if you were the Joe Everyman, you would also have your own set of problems. You know, you would be waiting in line at a restaurant for an hour and a half because you're not famous. You would be maybe going through a health issue and not having good health insurance because you don't have an NBA policy. It's those sorts of things that you have to learn even when you're 23 years old to navigate because everybody has problems and I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure it's not. I'm not suggesting John Moran's life is completely easy, but I am suggesting that most people listening to us would have signed up for his set of problems, I would imagine, over their own. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's what they say. The five people you spend the most time with, you are the average of that. So these five closest friends of yours, that's you. For you to think you're better or worse, for you to think you're different, that's not how it works. People get together in groups. They have things in common. Look around at your group. Look around at the people you keep company with. Look at the look around at the people you take advice from. 
you're the average of those five closest people. And for Morant, he's probably not in a situation where he has a great network around him right now. Because if he did, he would probably have some sort of mentor or someone who would be trying to steer him in the right direction. Someone who pulled him aside and say, look, made a couple mistakes. That happens, but it can't happen anymore. Got to clean it up. I mean, have we even heard from him on this? Has he even released a statement? Yeah, he released a statement. I don't have it in front of me. He did say Just that a he was going to take some time, work on himself. Out. Yes, yeah. and he apologized to his teammates and his fans and all that. So he did release something saying he's going to take time to you know work on himself and deal with himself. And I don't know if he's going through something or if he's just making bad decisions. Because also, sometimes you're just making bad decisions because you're just young and maybe not making the smartest decisions ever. I don't know what it is. Here's the full statement. Quote, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. So a good statement there from John Morant. I would say a late statement from John Morant because, again, these alleged incidents stem back to last summer. There has now been four of them that we even know about that have been reported on. But maybe this is yeah, the wake-up call needed. it's definitely not just four. It's definitely it's, right. not just four. I mean, four. it seems right. It seems inconceivable that it's I, the, the four The worst odds about. in the world, the worst luck in the world if you've made four mistakes and everyone's found out about all four of them. Right. Like, there is exactly. no way. Exactly. So maybe this is the wake-up call he needed. Maybe the suspension will have that effect. What John needs to recognize is when you mentioned the people around him, when you and I were talking about these incidents last week, we were talking about the alleged incident with a mall security guard in a parking lot of a mall. And allegedly in that incident, he rolls up with like eight other guys or something to that effect. I didn't mention the name of one of those people he rolls up with because you know what? I don't know their name. You know whose name I know? It's John Morantz. And that is probably not the easiest thing when you're John Morant, but that's the reality. You, no matter what your buddies around you are doing, no matter how responsible they are for what's actually happening, you are going to be the one getting the scrutiny. You are going to be the one that we're talking about because you're the one that we sign up to watch and you're the one that we know of. You're the one. And so because of that, you also have to be the one that's extra, extra, extra careful about what you're doing and who you have around you at all times. It's just the reality and probably the difficulty of the life that John Morant lives. Coming up next, the Seattle Seahawks made a big decision about the quarterback position today, but will they also be drafting the future of that position in the draft this year? That's next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also check us out at the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Geno Smith is going to be a Seattle Seahawk, at least for a few more years. A short deal here, Joe, but he did agree to a three-year, a $105 million deal with Seattle. The deal includes $52 million in the first year, according to sources. So Seattle will be hanging on to Geno Smith. I don't know if this precludes Seattle from still going after a quarterback in this upcoming draft because I think it's interesting this is only a three-year deal, which signifies to me that they want Gino to stay around because he had a good season, but they don't exactly feel like Gino's the long-term solution there in Seattle. First thing I want to throw out there, the $52 million in the first year very clearly says with the ability to earn $52 million in the first calendar year, which leads me to believe that there's a decent amount of incentives in there that he would have to hit in order to get the $52 million. But that doesn't change anything from what you just laid out regarding the length of the deal and what it says. They were not going to commit to him for five, six, or eight years. He had a good season. They have a need. They also still have a need at a quarterback of the future because I don't know if Geno's the guy. He played very well in that system. He gave them a chance to compete deep and late into the year. Ultimately, it was a season where a lot of people thought that Seattle would be one of the two or three worst teams in the NFL, and they weren't. They weren't. Geno played really well. So on one hand, I'm very happy for him. I think that he's been through a lot with his career. He's shown a lot of resilience. He came back strong. He got an opportunity. That should be a lesson to everybody, right? You don't give up. Just keep working at it. Keep trying to get better each and every day. And if the right opportunity comes around, you could you could score. You could score big. On the other hand, I think this is a ridiculous deal. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? Honestly, what are you doing? Like, ridiculous. Like, we're handing million. him. You're handing him too much money. It's just just everything. Just if if. Everything. The Seahawks are a team that needs to start over at quarterback. I just don't think I don't I think you saw Max Geno Smith last year. Absolute Max Geno Smith. You just paid him big money because you're betting that he's gonna continue to play like that. I'd be worried about that. That would be the mindset I'd be worried. I I would be worried about him being able to maintain at that level for the next two to three years. I mean, he started all seventeen. For Seattle, he also started, of course, that loss to the 49ers in the wild card round. He didn't miss a single snap. He set the Seahawks single season records for completion rate, for completions, and for passing yards. So those are all marks set by Russell Wilson in a 16-game season. Gino did it with 17 games, fine, but he still did it. And it was a heck of a season from Gino Smith by anyone's standards. It was also a highly unexpected season. I tend to agree with you. It might have been a flash in the pan because we also have a decade before that of nothing like that seasons. And so if I am Seattle, what I am doing also is locking him up because he did have such a good season with us 
us. And so maybe it's believable. He's a system quarterback. He finally found the right place after a decade in the league. And this place is here in Seattle. But I don't want to do it for a long-term deal. And I'm guessing what happened is Gino was able to use that from a financial perspective as negotiating power. Because the Seahawks were probably unwilling to move off of three years. And so Gino probably said, fine, give me 100 for the three. And then I'll sign it. I'm guessing that's how it went. I have no idea. But it feels like if this was a longer deal, then it looks a little bit different. And maybe the negotiations are a little bit different. What it signifies to me is that maybe they're looking at a different direction in this upcoming draft and that they want Gino around for three years because maybe whomever they're looking at to draft is going to be a little bit of a project. Enter the quarterback that I think would be perfectly suited there in Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson is a guy that I feel like when you have all the talent in the world, he just had the best NFL combine maybe in the history of NFL combines, right? Like this dude just keeps raising his stock. The athleticism of Anthony Richardson is not in question. The arm strength is not in question. The size ain't in question. What's in question is the decision-making. What's in question is the accuracy. What's in, qu- what's in question is the completion rate. Maybe if you're Seattle, you're looking at an Anthony Richardson saying, okay, that dude's a project, but he's got all of the physical attributes in the world, and we feel like we can take that guy, we can sit him behind Gino for a couple years, We've got Gino in place. Gino knows the system. Gino had a good season, even if he doesn't have a season that's quite as good as that one. We can still move forward with Gino Smith for now and also groom Anthony Richardson and hopefully turn him into a real NFL quarterback. That can actually be the long-term answer in Seattle. Man, what a slap in the face. Hey, Gino, here's the money. You're the guy. Five seconds later, we're not going to get you an offensive lineman because you took 46 sacks last season. We're not going to try to improve our defense, which wasn't very good last year. We're not going to go get you any weapons. We're going to get the guy that's going to replace you. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Is at it a good with that top spot? pick, right? I mean, they yeah, address the, those other most, areas after that. With the most valuable pick you have, you are going to do nothing to back up the guy you just gave $105 million to. Now, I can see your point on that. You bring in Richardson. It's a perfect scenario. He can sit and learn because that's exactly what he needs. He needs to develop. He needs to understand how to run an offense. He is not a guy at Florida who ever really took over in the fourth quarter and led the team down the field field and show you that he could put a team on his back who are the two guys he likes to compare himself to what's his nickname uh cam jackson because he thinks that he's half cam newton and half lamar jackson right i believe those are two heisman trophy winners jackson was incredible at the university of uh, louisville and cam newton was an absolute freak show at auburn cam newton is one of the greatest college football players of all time that guy won games in fairness to ar he had a longer career at florida than cam and a better career at florida than cam newton did because by the way they were both in florida don't forget that that's a very good point so he did he does win on that card he wins <laughs> on that card not exactly the card that's one you want to lean on but remember back to gino for one quick second there's a great book called soccernomics it came out around 2009 or 2010 anyone who's familiar with the Moneyball story it's basically that but for soccer You never, under any circumstance, go out and spend big money when a player is coming off a freak outlier year. It is almost always destined for disaster. You are overpaying for production you are not going to get in the future. Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage last year at just under 70%. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. You are not going to get that year in and year out. You pay top dollar for a guy who won't be able to deliver. I think that's a miss for the Seattle Seahawks. It also could be a huge miss if you take Anthony Richardson as a top 
top five pick. Seattle is sitting at five in this draft because of Denver. And Anthony Richardson is certainly not a quarterback we thought was going to be a top five pick just a couple months ago. It looks like maybe he could be now, and it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. But I would say I think Anthony just needs some time to develop. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broke my heart. That's what I'm talking about. Joe, you know this song? I don't know no. this one. James, you know this one? <laughs> no clue. James definitely doesn't is. know. Neither of you guys know any of the country songs that we play. Joe and I Amber's know a couple. On- on ESPN Radio, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. Find me on social at Amber W Sports. It was one of my requests when we started this show because that's the one genre of music I don't hear any of the other shows play. I'm like, we got to mix some country in. Country? Yeah, I mean, I like, I like, I, li- I listen to a lot of country. I also listen to a lot of rap. I listen to a lot of EDM. I listen to a lot of everything. But I feel like on ESPN Radio, there was a lack of country representation. So we're bringing okay. it your way. I know the song about Applebee's. I know that song. My youngest sings that song. Well, there you go. Your youngest has good taste in music. It's time for us to big deal, not a big deal. Let's get to it. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? James Steele doesn't know anything about country music, but he does know how to set up a radio segment. Let's get to it. Hello, James. Yeah, so um, what better way to start off big deal or not a big deal than uh, with the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champion Chiefs uh, expected to release uh, defenseman Frank Clark. Joe, big deal or not a big deal? It's a big deal. Kansas City doesn't have that great of a defense to begin with, and Clark is one of their best defenders. I believe he's something like third or fourth all-time on the postseason sack list, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. Now, if they weren't able to reach an agreement, I understand. This is life when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on a monster contract. Travis Kelsey on a big contract. You've got star talent, and you had to pay it. But at the same time, you're going to have to make tough choices. And losing yet another defender, mm, that's a tough choice right there. I think that's a very big deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. I would typically say it's a very big deal for a guy who's still in his 20s. I'll be at 29, but a guy who's still in his 20s and third all-time on the postseason sack list. However... I learned my lesson last season when we said it was a big deal that the Kansas City Chiefs were losing Tyreek Hill. And we said the same thing. (laughs) This is what's going to happen when you pay your quarterback and you're going to end up losing pieces. You're not going to be able to come to terms with everybody. And after a bunch of conversations, according to our very own Adam Schefter, they weren't able to reach a deal with him. So that's why they part ways. But I've learned my lesson from last season after watching Kansas City win a Super Bowl that James is reminding us of today because he's wearing a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning shirt, which seems highly unnecessary because we all, in fact, know who won the Super Bowl. It's not going to matter that they're losing Frank Clark because you know what? They're not losing Patrick Mahomes. And short of that, miss me with any of this conversation about who they're who they are losing and why it's going to matter. Oh, man, I didn't even realize I was wearing it. Uh, There's so so many of them now that I don't know 
It's, it's just in the wardrobe. Um, if only there was someone who could have told you that you know, the Chiefs were going to miss Tyreek Hill yeah. all that much. If only there was someone. All right, yeah. so uh, next one. Um, apparently, Derrick Henry is on the train block. Amber, big deal or not a big deal? Yeah, this is, in fact, a big deal. And by the way, uh, that whole uh, those fights between us uh, back then, when you were on KJM, when I'd be filling in on KJM, they, they forged our relationship, James, and that's why we are now here, right? Without all those fights about Tyreek Hill, where would we be? But Derrick Henry, this is a big deal, and I wondered what the Tennessee Titans were going to do with this team generally and what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill as well. And I kept saying that right now the window is isn't closed for the Titans like we thought it was because of what we saw from Derrick Henry this past season, where I think a lot of us thought that championship window was closed and then Derrick Henry went out and he showed you even off of injury, he's still Derrick Henry. However, I don't think this is a terrible move for the Titans, especially if they are realizing we don't have enough. We don't have what it takes. Let's go ahead and get some value if we can out of this position while he is coming off of a surprisingly good season and a bounce back year with the injuries I don't think it's a bad decision he's still one of the best backs though in the game so it is a big deal and that Tennessee Titans team is going to take a huge hit without Derrick Henry in the backfield this is contingent upon where Henry goes if Henry ends up with some bottom feeder it's not a big deal at all if Henry ends up in Philadelphia or with a really good team that could really use a boost for their running game then it's a monster deal for Tennessee Very unfortunate that it didn't result in more, but it's a smart move. Look around at your division. You're falling behind. You need to rectify the quarterback situation. Mike Vrabel is an incredible head coach, but you got to give him something to work with, and you haven't been doing that. I don't know if Tennessee goes into the tank and then tries to land Caleb Williams or Drake May, the quarterbacks out of USC and North Carolina respectively next season. Maybe that's the plan, but it's going to be hard because Vrabel finds ways to win games. He's not supposed to win. He's really good at that. Henry landing with a contender is going to be a huge story because he's 29 years old and he's got a lot of wear, but he has at least one or two big seasons left, and that might be all it needs to put a certain team over the top. All right, up next, the NFL fully reinstated Calvin Ridley from his gambling suspension. Uh, Big deal or not a big deal, Joe? Uh, I mean, it shows you the world we're living in right now. Ridley was gambling on football and got a year suspension and now he's back. Like that used to be the type of thing that would get you kicked out forever. So it does show you where the world is going. It's a big deal in what it does for the Jacksonville offense. Those guys are sneaky talented right now. Uh, Between the wide receiving unit, Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield, Trevor Lawrence taking a huge step forward in year two. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to call my shot. This is going to be that really trendy team to make a run at the Super Bowl next year. Everyone has the big names, and then there's always that one team that a lot of people think they're so smart because they slide it in. Jacksonville's going to be that team next year. It's a big deal for Jacksonville if, in fact, Calvin Ridley looks like the Calvin Ridley that we knew when he was playing football regularly. And that's a huge question mark because we've seen this with the Deshaun Watsons of the world and some of these other guys that end up missing an entire year's time or more, it doesn't always look the same, particularly in the season that they come back. But if he can give that production, then like Joe said, it's a big deal for the Jacksonville Jaguars because that is a team headed the right direction and an offense that could be scary good if you add even another weapon now for Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of us forgot that Calvin Ridley was sitting there on the roster and would come back, frankly. And it's like, Woo, that, that team might have just gotten a lot more dangerous, but it all comes down to what Ridley looks like uh, knocking off the rust. The Dallas Cowboys 
put the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard. Big deal or not a big deal, Amber? Uh, yeah, it's a big deal because it's the Dallas Cowboys. The franchise tender for a running back is about $10 million. I mean, that's like a, you know, a Tuesday morning for Jerry Jones, I would imagine. That's probably what he eats for breakfast. He probably spends that on his breakfast on a Tuesday. However, it's the Dallas Cowboys, and it's also the Dallas Cowboys' best running back. They needed to lock up Tony Pollard moving forward. You knew that they were going to put their resources there. They are going to obviously uh, have a different decision, it appears, with Ezekiel Elliott. That remains to be seen. Pollard was the better back this past season. Pollard's the one they needed to keep in the building, and they did that. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Everything with the Cowboys is a big deal, Joe. Eh, I disagree. It, it, we The media makes it a big deal. They're not really that good. They never really live up to any of these expectations or the hype or all the attention we give them. They give us some drama, but they don't give us results. 5.5 yards per carry two seasons ago, 5.2 yards per carry this past season. Pollard can run, all right? He helps the offense. Keeping him in the fray is very important for Dak Prescott if he's going to take another step forward this year. And Mike McCarthy is going to need all the help he can get because when he wasn't calling the plays and running the offense, he still couldn't handle his game management. Now with Kellen Moore gone, he has to take on that huge responsibility. Not a lot of people think this is going to end well, so he is going to need all the help he can possibly get. But it's not a big deal. We all saw this coming. Elliot's not washed, but he's close. Pollard's the better option. I don't know if your voice has gotten better as the show has gone on or if I've just gotten you to it <laughs> you've probably just gotten used to it i, I think don't think I it's getting adjusted. any better uh, all right it's, it's like yeah, it's, I, it's like scruffier but it's rugged i don't hate it you know everybody's rugged, like rugged. lowering their standards as to my performance <laughs> today i appreciate it all right so we talked about the uh, defensive side of the reigning defending undisputed super bowl champion chiefs uh, oh, a little while ago We're going back to another chief story so and there is another chief story uh, today and they uh, feels the like we probably could have gone with a different a different story over whatever this I mean, is there's a lot of other stories no, 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 like i'm guessing you're one. going orlando the brown chief, here but like yeah, there's the, a yeah. whole slew of stories right now we in went NFL. through a bunch of them so we're going back to the chiefs <laughs> because i want to the chiefs won't tag left tackle orlando brown but they will try to work out a long-term deal with him Big deal or not a big deal, Joe. Can I say I don't care? You know, I, this is already wow. enough chief stuff. I don't Jeez. even want to care about this. Right. This is the Orlando Brown situation has just been a fa- you know what kind of a big deal I'll say. It's been fascinating. He lands with Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't want to pay him, so Kansas City gives up the draft capital to bring him in. But now it looks like Kansas City might not want to pay him. I think this is mostly a leverage play. Maybe you're letting Frank Clark go so you can save money to use on Orlando Brown. Because the thing is, Amber made a great point earlier, as long as you have 15, you're going to be fine, right? 15 is going to win games. But you do have to protect them. You have to take care of them. You have to invest in certain spots, and the offensive line's got to be one of them. So eh, if he doesn't end up back with the team, I'd say it's a big deal. But I think this is just a leverage play right here. I'm, I'm going to say it's like a, a, a semi-deal because he is tasked with helping protect the guy who actually makes all the difference here. This is a player who was playing on the franchise tag last season. They don't want to tag him again. The two sides do have until March 13th to work out a deal here. The reports aren't telling me that they're not going to work out a deal. It hasn't been done up to this point. They've made it clear we're not going to franchise tag you. We can talk to other teams after March 13th. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a deal done. So ultimately, I think, frankly, this isn't going to be a big deal because I think he's still going to be in Kansas City on a deal. Was that uh, enough Chiefs talk for you, James? Can we end Should we just wrap things here now? I got, I got one. I live one, in Kansas City. One, I mean, I'm a little worried. If I let you keep going, it's going to be a third I don't have anything else. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't have anything else. One more real quick, though. Uh, Bryce Young has small hands. Big deal or not a big deal, Joe? <laughs> 
I think didn't we all expect that? How did he weigh in over two hundred pounds? I thought that was very interesting. Everyone thought he was going to weigh a buck eighty, and then he came in at like two oh five. He must have had a really nice dinner at St. Elmo's. Shout out St. Elmo's. I don't know how much shrimp cocktail he was putting down there, but it has to have been a lot to have gotten over two oh five. Small hands. We talked about that with Kenny Pickett. This is the time of year where we overdo all this stuff, like Anthony Richardson. I'm so glad you had a great broad jump. That really matters in the NFL. I, I players are always broad jumping in NFL games. You cannot win in the postseason without a long, broad jump. Uh, Anthony Richardson, congratulations. I mean, he's Small hands. To AR. He set the record. Like, he set all the NFL Who records cares? at that position ever. And there's been some athletic dudes to play that position. Tom Brady had, like, the worst combine ever. He's the greatest quarterback ever. It doesn't mean that much. It means a little bit more in today's NFL than it did back in Tom Brady's day, right, when the pocket passer actually used to just sit in the pocket. It's a little bit different when Anthony Richardson can evade pressure like how Patrick Mahomes can inside the pocket. I digress. Uh, Bryce Young having small hands. Yeah, that's on Amber. That's Amber's fault right there. Uh, Bryce Young having small hands. I mean, are we surprised he has small hands? We've been talking about Bryce Young being an undersized player. So, no, I'm not surprised. But to Joe's point, we spent entirely too much time talking about Kenny Pickett's hand size, and the whole thing makes me uncomfortable. The Monday, ra- the Monday Roundup is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, your turn to weigh in. Give us a call. Do you care about hand size? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give us your hottest NFL takes, franchise tags, free agency, whatever else you want to hit the phone lines about, Triple H, say ESPN. We'll take your calls next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Even Joe Fortenbaugh knows this song. I know this one, yeah. Great song. It's very catchy. It's very it's catchy. so catchy. Come on, James Steele. Get into it. Is it great? Get a little country into your life. No, thanks. James needs to get outside of his box. James is one of those guys, and I've known, I've known several of these guys in my life. I used to host a radio show with one of these guys in Miami for many, many years. There's a lot of you out there, James, where for some reason, and I think I'm going to be sexist. I think it's a man thing. Maybe it's a woman thing as well. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you just you get all the music you like, like in a certain era of your life. You're like growing up, and you're like a 90s kid, and you're like, you know what? This is what I like. I've determined that this is my avenue and I'm never deviating from it. And this is it. And then you just you just cap it off. No room for anything else ever again. I really I, I like what I like. And I mean, we had this conversation off air before where the way I consume music is archaic also. So I'm, I'm like barely a decade into actually using iTunes. So. <laughs> Like which, I used to just buy I don't even think anyone uses that I anymore. I mean, nobody yeah, uses and, iTunes Right, exactly. Anymore. No one uses iTunes anymore iTunes. now. So, Are you getting that music on your iPod? Yes. Are you downloading it to your iPod? I am, yes. Correct. And he thinks he's innovative Good. doing so because he's gone from the CD player to right. the iPod. I, I bought CDs for so long because I liked having the physical copy. It's cool. Remember when you had the CD player, the portable one, and yes. like you couldn't go running with it because oh, it was too big skip. and because it would skip? Like and then now, you got it, God forbid, you got like a little scratch on the CD, which we all over. inevitably did. Yeah, it's like over. a tiny, like a piece of sand on the CD. I mean, that's, that's all right. to Florida down here, but yes, like a piece of sand on the CD, you're done. Whole up, CD's done. Up until up until like I don't know, 2013, I had uh, I had the the cassette adapter in my piece of garbage car. 
Yeah, yeah, the CD player. How about how about it's your younger How about we turn off his microphone? No. How about we turn off his microphone? If he was a hundred years old, it would make sense. It, it makes it, it just makes no sense. You can give us a call triple eight say ESPN. We are asking for your hot takes. Anything you want to talk to us about? The phone lines are open. Maybe you have some thoughts on Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens and Jackson appear to be coming down to the wire. They have until three thirty p.m. Eastern tomorrow to hit him with the franchise tag. They are going to tag him if they don't get a deal worked out. But they're still holding out hope for these last twenty four hours, even though they have been negotiating now for twenty. Five months with their quarterback. So triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's play some caller roulette. Thirteen black odd no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play caller roulette with Joe and Amber. I was trying to explain Spotify once to James, and it was embarrassing. I'm trying to tell him, like, no, James, you would like it because you can just type in the name of a band you like, and you can go to their radio, and it just feeds you music in the same genre. And he's like, you know what? No, that's too much technology for he's me. He's very anti-technology. I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of those uh, survivalists where, like, in his backyard there was some hatch that led to an underground <laughs> basement where he could avoid the zombie apocalypse. Maybe he could rent it out to Aaron Rodgers. Let's spin the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Rich. Rich is in California. Rich, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? I uh, love you guys. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, first and foremost, um, form ball hit it, uh, right? But I hope, what would it take for Derrick Henry to the Niners, one? And then two, on the combine, I think they got it wrong. Um, they, the uh, record wasn't broken because I don't think anyone could beat Vernon Davis or Manny Lawson's record. I mean, I think Manny Lawson was 275 pounds, ran a 4.39, and did like a 45-inch vertical, and Manny Lawson was like, or Vernon Davis was like 265 and ran a 4.35, and uh, he jumped like 45-inch vertical. Was, so I don't know what they're yeah, saying that just... that was broken. Yeah, thanks, Rich. It was just breaking the record for quarterbacks. It was just quarterbacks that the reference was there for Anthony Richardson. He he broke it, I believe, on the broad jump and something else. I'm not sure if he broke it uh, on the 40. He had a hell of a combine. Like, there's no other yeah, way to say it. Yeah. Anthony Richardson had a hell of a combine. As it pertains to Derrick Henry to the 49ers, why do the 49ers need Derrick Henry? They have Christian McCaffrey. What are we doing? Why do the rich need to get that much richer, Joe? Yeah, if the 49ers are going to spend money, it's going to be somewhere other than the running back position because of A, McCaffrey, and B, even if they didn't have McCaffrey, Shanahan's system is set up for success when it comes to the running back position. They don't need to overpay. What they need to get ready for is that Nick Bosa contract. That's coming, and he just won Defensive Player of the Year. You're going to need to pay him, and you're going to need to start paying some other guys real soon. So you better free up as much cash as humanly possible if you want to continue to compete for NFC titles. Let's spin the wheel. Bob, Bob is in Montana. Bob, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? I'm a big Gator fan, grew up in Florida, now live in Montana, and I don't think Anthony Richardson, third round or later, if he's lucky. And I'm with, uh, I don't think it's combine. I mean, who broad jumps during a play, who vertical leaps during a play, it's, it's his head that's not ready for the NFL. 
Bob, thanks and for the I, call. I love Gators. But... Yeah, well, and go Gators, Bob. I do too. I bleed orange and blue. And what's funny is that Bob is echoing the sentiment around about every Gator fan around me. I mean, I like I have all Gator fans around me in my personal life, Joe. And we talk about it all the time. Like none of us are high on Anthony Richardson as a prospect. None of us can believe it, and it's because it's those of us that actually spent every game watching him for an entire game, game in and game out, and having that frustrating experience when you know he couldn't actually complete the passes. Kid has a lot of potential, but it's going to take some time to get there. If it ever gets there. The athleticism is there. That is undeniable. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.